Those are yeah. those let's, are awesome, yeah, man. Let's, yeah, yeah, let's unpack that. Hold on a second. Let's unpack I, that second one, Mace, I, real quick. Hold, hold on. Hold on. So the, right. the two engineers. Welcome to Stand Up Stand Up, presented by IT Misfits. This is where tech professionals and comedy intersect daily in your new favorite stand-up meet. Each episode has two parts, a roundtable discussion on an IT topic, and then an open source open mic, where each comic shares or works on a stand-up comedy bit. At the end of the week, we perform our final crafted bit. Just like any good stand-up meeting, we try to make these short and valuable. Hopefully, this brings a smile to your day, gives you something to think about, and most importantly, gives you something funny you can share with other IT professionals. I'm glad you caught all this footage of me on what, I got about 20 shows into me. You can play it at my my celebration of life. All my best bits, 10 seconds long. <laughs> this is an important part of Matt's life. Here's the 10 best seconds of celebrating. <laughs> uh, thanks everybody for joining. Uh, thank you very much to my fellow misfit, Matt Campisi. I'm Jerry Black. Let's get into it. This is a May West quote. Between two evils, I generally pick the one that I've never tried before. And then uh, this week, we are uh, continuing, our, continuing our interview with Michael Mace. Today, we talk about um, the the difference between uh, corporate world and uh, the the uh, military world, and we talk a little bit of in into the just sort of leadership in that area. It's a great part of the interview. We hope you enjoy it. But before we get into that, let's do a little open source comedy. You know, I don't know if you've noticed this, but at this point, Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos are essentially like Santa Claus. <laughs> they know when you're sleeping, and they know when you're awake. And Twitter knows if I've been good or bad, so be good for goodness sake. Uh, I'm pretty That's sure good. Bezos is listening to us, everything that we say at this point. And they're just connecting him right now into the matrix and downloading everything into his brain at night. They put him to sleep with like the Michael Jackson drip. And like five hours later, he wakes up and he's like, oh, Jerry Black wants a hot tub for Christmas. <laughs> All right. I'm a little mad this morning at my fellow misfits. You know, we have this great relationship and rapport. We're supposed to look out for each other. And I literally just started living life yesterday because I rented a storage unit <laughs> to put my stuff, you know, your stuff that's so important to you, like that high school Porky's framed movie poster, that shake wake, my framed CCNA certificate, you know, very important stuff to me. So now I'm going to pay real dollars on a monthly basis to not see my stuff that I've not seen in the last decade, but yet it's my stuff and it's so important to me. All right. Uh, all right. Uh, so um, now speaking of kind of that, the difference between the two, um, and I'm really, how I'm really in intrigued by this, but the technologies that you learned in the military versus once you got into the corporate world or and even now today the technologies that you see in the corporate world how you know kind of how different are they and how different are they in the 
you know, I, I, I kind of always relate things back to networking because that was you were like kind of where I made my bones on the on the technology sure. side of the world. Um, like how different is the even just the architecture, the structure, the the way you think about things in the military versus the corporate world? And then how can you translate what you do know from the military into the corporate world um, and make things, you know, so, so that that transition is easier as, as a professional? Yeah. So, you know, I, I think, you know, during Tim and I's time on active duty, we were, we kind of caught the curve where the lines between military technology and frankly, commercial technology have really now started to blur, um, especially in the IT space. You know, 30, 40 years ago, you know, the military was building their own computers and doing all this really special stuff that was very specific to the military. But as they figured out pretty quickly, as as the IT, you know, the IT and technology boom happened through the, the early 2000s, the industry is just better at innovating when it comes to IT infrastructure. The biggest difference that you see, though, is the application of those technologies and how they're ap applied. Uh -huh. You know, so I used to crack jokes all the time and say things, you know, like, hey, guys, OSPF works the same in the tactical network as it does in the garrison network, as it does for, you know, pick your company that runs OSPF, right? OSPF is OSPF. It's, it's governed by a set of laws. But the reason and the way you implement OSPF is going to be implemented very differently based off of where you're implementing it at. So, and that applies to all technology in the space, right? And if you think about just the purpose of technology in the two environments, they're completely different as well. In the, in, in the commercial sector, your tech, technology is a business driving system, right? It, it drives the success of businesses with the purpose usually of making money. Let's, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. In the, case of, in the case of the military, it's a very different game, right? Because your business outcomes are no longer profitability. Your business outcomes are strategic objectives on a battlefield, right? And that battlefield had, creates a whole bunch of things that nobody in industry or in the commercial industry typically would have to worry about. And an example of that, that is, what does edge mean to you? You know, we used to have this discussion all the time. You know, when you t if I go to a bank and I'm like, talk to me about the edge of the network, they're going to talk to you about some branch office they have sure. with air conditioner and like all these great things. You talk to somebody in the army today, they're going to tell you the edge of the network is the actual war fight. You know, it's the guy on the ground that 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 shooter or that personnel on the ground becomes a sensor in their own right. They have compute collecting information on the battlefield and having to relay it back through echelons of infrastructure, right? So like I said before, it's not that the technology is truly different. It's that the implementation of the technology and why you do it changes significantly. And so do you think then that in, in uh, translating that, so when you're coming out of the military, you were a network guy, let's say, um, then is it, is, is it, if we gave, if you gave that perspective to the, to the uh, guy or gal that's transferring out that, Hey, you know, when people say the edge, look at it this way, it used to be this, it, now it's that, like, think about business outcomes like you used to think about the the soldier on the battlefield. Think about, would, is that is that able to, you think, maybe draw those uh, those worlds a little bit better together and help them translate that not only in um, in a resume, but also just in how they communicate to business professionals? Yeah. And I, and, you know, I think it, I think it starts, I, I was blessed. I had really great mentors throughout my career 
that taught me really good lessons at the right time of my career too. Um, and, you know, I think I, I was lucky in the sense that very early I was taught that like, I am not actually in the technology business, right? I am in the people business and the, the outcome business and technology is just the tool that I specialize in that drives those. And I started thinking like that very early in my career because people honestly pounded it into my head, no matter whether I wanted to listen or not. Uh, so, you know, with that, I think as we, as we, especially as young leaders, as managers, as first line supervisors in the military, whether that's an enlisted person, whether that's a, a junior, a senior warrant officer talking to a junior warrant officer, a senior O grade talking to an, a junior O grade, or any kind of relationship between that. I, I think if we continue to kind of get people to talk in a language of outcomes and um, and capability, right? Those discussions to correlate as you transition start to become a lot simpler, right? Because now I can look at a job posting and read an overview of a company and understand what that company cares about. I can now write my resume around outcomes that are relevant to that company. Huh. So what... Uh, uh one of the questions that I had that was kind of a, a adjacent to this was sort of the, what I, I maybe dig on deeper, what more, what basic skills do you wish, not necessarily uh, military versus corporate, but just in general, where do you think IT people lack when it comes to just sort of basic skills or things you wish they had more of? I, I mean, I think the, 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 <laughs> kind of a loaded yeah, question. I, yeah, that's, boy, that's a loaded question. You know, I think as a general statement, um, you know, I think IT people are some of the most creative and um, brilliant people in the world when they have a problem in front of them um, with figuring out ways to solve them. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think for all the resources we use that make us good at that, <laughs> historically speaking, we, we have not spent a lot of time developing our soft skills and how we communicate with people. Yeah. And, you know, as I kind of mentioned before, when you think about, when I think about, and I have to go talk to the CEO, as an example, as a CTO, I can't go talk to him about OSPF. He's going to be like, Mike, I don't give a damn what you're telling me right now, right? He's going to look at me like I'm crazy. You know, it, to a certain extent, he cares about, you know, four or five things that are important to him. And it's my job to take technology and, and translate that to him in a way that matters to him to drive the outcomes that I'm trying to create as a CTO. The thing that I wish somebody would have taught me when I was much younger was that kind of art and that craft. Because mm -hmm. when I was younger and I was first a senior engineer, you know, even, even for a large part of the time that Tim and I were working together, you know, it was, I would walk in the room and look at the commander and be like, hey, sir. Like, we can't do this because OSPF is going to break, blah, 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 right? And he's, he would look at me like I was, he's like, and we, I worked for a guy who was very technical at this time, but he's, he would look at me and go, hey, I can't go tell the infantry commander about OSPF. So why do I care? And every uh. time I went and talked to him, he would beat that into my head. And, uh. you know, at the beginning of the deployment, I'm talking about OSPF. And by the end of the deployment, I'm, what I found myself is I'm talking about, you know, sustainment and and the ability to maneuver across a battlefield and you know all these topics that while as a comms guy my team may not have directly cared about 
the people I was talking to who were making the decisions and allowing us to do what we needed to do, it was what they cared about. And I think that soft skill of understanding that, you know, communication as an IT professional is in all directions. It's it's downwards if you're a management person, it's upwards, it's into different kind of skill sets. And the the things that a finance guy is going to be excited about, you have to learn to talk to them in their languages. Same thing with the operations team. You have to talk to the operations team in an operations-based language. Same with the CEO and kind of working through there. So, you know, I think if, if, if as we continue to kind of talk about outcomes and, and, and business goals or operational goals for talking to the military, the more we think about that and the more we think about how we communicate to people, that skill of rewriting your skill set to meet the commercial space becomes a lot easier for everybody over time, in my opinion. Yeah. I think the... Um... The impetus of of one of the jokes uh, that I've told in the past is the the same one. It's kind of the the plumber one that I told um, is really that you know people say, oh, what do you do? And it really is just one of those communication things that as IT people, you know, one anybody talking to us is generally kind of an exciting moment, anyways. And so we're like, <laughs> like oh, and you get all excited about telling them all the details of your job, and like the person, all they really wanted to know is. I, you know, you look like a nerd. Can you help me with my phone? And so uh, it, it really is that kind of what what is almost like, what is it that they're asking? I think a lot of the time we misinterpret as IT professionals, we misinterpret what is being asked of us. And so we immediately go into our, what, you know, what we think they're asking and, and we don't take a moment to really translate that. Yeah. And, you know, I'll tell you, I got two really good pieces of advice that I, I always, when people talk to me about going into IT, I love to share these two pieces of advice. Um, the first one, my, my first mentor in the, in the, in the military, a gentleman named George Castles, um, was at the time the smartest IT person I've ever met in my life. And the guy really was brilliant. Um, but we were sitting down at, at lunch one day in Afghanistan and he goes, he goes, Hey Mike, you know, what do you want to do when you grow up? And I was probably 19 at the time. And I was like, I want to be a CCIE. I want to be the most technical network engineer in the world. And he, he go, and he kind of looked at me and he goes, you know, he goes, you have the opportunity to have a really successful career being the most technical guy in every room you walk in. And he goes, but if you look, if you, he goes, if you look at the industry, what you're, you're going to notice the technical people that have the most upside in their, in their career path, are the technical people that can communicate what they do to everybody. And somebody told me that at 19 years old and I had no clue. I, you know, I, I can remember being 19 and be like, yeah, chief, whatever, stupid advice. Thanks. And, you know, I got 10, 50, you know, about 10 years in my career and it kind of clicked one day. It was like, Oh, like my success isn't driven around my ability to be the most technical person in the room. My success is the ability to correlate these super technical concepts into things that everybody in the room can understand. And that was a that was a, a moment in my career where really it changed my entire career path once I kind of understood that. And the second piece of advice that he gave me really early in my career about engineers and, and technical people in general, he goes, he goes, if you put two engineers in a room and you give them a problem and tell them each to come up with a solution, they'll come up with two different solutions. If you ask them which solution is better, They'll compare their solutions to the other engineer's solutions. They'll almost never compare each solution to the problem. 
and determine which one truly solves the problem better. And as I kind of progressed and became more senior, you get in the room now with all the smart people and you watch them, they'll argue about their solutions with each other a lot of times instead of arguing and focusing on actually solving the problem and being able to kind of bring that back and bring bring these teams of multidiscipline teams back to, hey guys, we're focused on solving, doing what's right for the problem, right? Changes the dynamic of all those meetings and all those type of scenarios you would go to. And those are two of the best pieces of advice that I got 25 years ago that I still literally lead on to this day. Um, those are, so yeah, those are, awesome yeah, man let's, yeah, yeah let's unpack that hold on a second let's unpack I, that second one mate real quick hold, hold on, hold on. So right. the, the two engineers is would you say is that ego is that fear of being undermined? why do you think that that element of just competition uh between the two about their their solutions even though the problem is going to get solved and not necessarily comparing their solution to you know how effectively it's going to solve the problem, but just competing with each other. What is the source of that that kind of competition? Yeah, and you know, you know, Tim, I don't actually think it's a comp- I don't think it's truly a competition thing. I don't think it's ego necessarily either, um, in the at least in a negative way when it comes to ego. I think when you when you look at an engineer or or even you know a network engineer, pick your flavor, even a developer, whatever the case may be. And you ask them to solve a problem, um, they're going to solve it the best way that they know how. And oftentimes we are kind of limited by our experiences, right? We only know what we know. And somebody else who has different experiences may know different things. And what we what usually ends up happening is it's not so much that they're comparing their solution to each other. What they're really doing is taking their solution and their outcome and comparing it to their experiences that they have. And then they're they're kind of debating back and forth based off of their what they know at the time. Does that make sense kind of? Yeah. So yeah. if you if you if you kind of if you go into it with the idea of I I know what I know, but there's things I don't, it'll it, it makes it a much more collaborative experience. But as we know, kind of engineers in general, especially as they become more confident in their position, that willingness and openness to be to be exposed to other people's knowledge and other people's experiences sometimes minimizes specifically in the problem solving space. Right? Because it's kind of like that old adage, like if you're if it's the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Mm-hmm. But in a weird way, most engineers truly want to be the smartest person in the room about yeah. whatever their skills. Yeah, for sure. And they'll they'll die on that hill a lot of the time. Some of them, uh, yeah, absolutely. And, and and it really is. You could see it torpedo their career because they'll, you know, the the emotions start to rise up. And and we're not, we're not a lot of the time in IT. We're not not only we're we not great at soft skills, but we haven't uh, done a lot of that sort of introspection where we're able to keep our um, emotions in check. I have always found that um, uh, generally people out of the military are better at that. Uh, I would assume mostly because of the situations that you faced are much more uh much more critical than the uh you know whether or not we uh, uh you know we go with uh, one network architecture versus another uh can i just say the comment i was 19 years old and having lunch in afghanistan to me struck me as just like a that's a, <laughs> that's a crazy thing to hear someone say uh I, it just is it's just one of those things uh, another one of those parts of the 
with a military background that you just don't, you know, as a, as a, as a corporate, you know, computer nerd like myself, that's not a, that would never enter into my lexicon. So, uh, all right, well, let's jump. I think that's great. Uh, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to take that to heart, Michael. That was a, that was, that was great advice. Um, Cause I know I'm guilty of that. I know I'm guilty of that. And I'm these days a project are. manager. Yeah. And I, uh, I really think taking that mindset as a project manager, is going to be really helpful. So, so thank you. That's it for today's stand-up meeting. Remember, this isn't just a podcast. It's a weekly process to find the funny. You are front row at the birth of any of this comedy. It's open source. So please feel free to share this with people that you work with. If you share something funny with other people, their day will be brighter and you'll be amazed at how much better your day is because of it. Thank you very much for being here. Have a great day.